You ever you ever cram the guy's anus full of firecrackers? Because <laughs> for whatever reason, you are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. The movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not. This is Late Night Psychorama. Psychorama, uh, a podcast where we discuss lesser-known uh, horror films, mainly from the 70s, I'd say, late 60s to early 80s, but primarily the 70s, the, the golden age. Um, and today we'll be talking about Malatesta's Carnival of Blood and Don't Go in the House, which uh, I think we're all kind of on the same page with most of these movies i'd say safely i don't know i guess we'll find not out. necessarily i well, got the vibe that we're all on completely different pages oh oh i all right well um we'll start with malatesta's carnival blood because i think that's the one we all kind of like <laughs> agreed with uh joe do you want to you want to give us a, a, a synopsis start us off carnival of blood is Fuck. basically uh if you're familiar with Herschel Gordon Lewis and his movies, it's basically like Herschel Gordon Lewis on some pretty heavy LSD uh, at a carnival and the underworld that exists beneath the carnival. And that's a description that I think any horror fan should be completely titillated by because there's no reason why it shouldn't. Uh <laughs> That's actually an absolutely brilliant way of uh it it's not very heavy on plot the the plot quote unquote kind of kind of stops uh I'd say around about the 30 minute mark and then it just becomes what did what did Fulci describe the beyond as a uh what was the the way that he described the beyond is like a series of images to yeah. be received without reflection. Is yeah. that that's something something along those lines? That's pretty much what we have with Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Uh, if you are somebody who just likes to be immersed in a visual experience and also likes Herschel Gordon Lewis and possibly also likes um, psychotropic drugs you will very much enjoy Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. If you do not, you will wonder what the hell is going on when you're watching Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. It's... I I couldn't help when I was watching it. Now, one thing I I should say, I'm I'm really glad that I saw this on the Blu-ray with, like, you know, the oh, footage, the like, nicely yeah. restored and everything, because I think that if this was another 
uh, Messiah of Evil, where even if the quality is about as good as they could get it, but it's still kind of it kind of iffy. I don't think I might have enjoyed it as much as I did, but because it's so pristine, I think the qualities of what are actually good about it kind of jump out at the screen and and are enhanced by the really sharp um image quality and the the like the strange camera <laughs> things that go on in this movie are uh are something to behold and I couldn't help but think when I when I was watching it even though it's it's before I kind of got a very uh along with the Herschel Gordon Lewis but like the look and feel of certain things made me think of Jim Van Bever a lot Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good uh, that's a good thing. The the movie that I was riffing on uh, with this was Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Like it has that like you know early seventies. Yeah, it, it kind of has some similar sort of vibes, like, especially especially the ghouls. Like they right. both look like they're from the same same movie. And and the one thing which I think you are pretty much going with was the production design is I think the the main star of the movie. There's when there's the there's the whole movie takes place in a like a theme park slash carnival place, which looks really cool. It's like very dilapidated and cheap, and and the fact that it's like very empty gives it this creepy barren feel. But when they go beneath, when they like the subterranean layers where all the the cannibal people hang out with, that's when the movie really it takes like a trippy turn. Yes, yeah. and. It's like a house of mirrors slash it's, just weird psychedelic. It's, it's just, gorgeous in yeah. a weird, twisted. Um, when all the ghouls are in the movie theater room and they're just all like on top of each other and this kind of yeah. Which I'm not, I don't know if if I did did I miss something with the movie theater room because <laughs> I felt the same way. But it, I didn't like that, but I, I'm it, like, where is this? From? Yeah, I, I don't recall how we get to that room. Yeah. I, I don't recall how we get to a lot of places in that movie. <laughs> yeah. but well, it, I wasn't even sure if it was a movie theater room or if they just decided to project like some images. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ma- yeah. I mean, they're definitely meant to be watching a movie. I mean, it's clear, but I don't think it is a room that was meant to be a yeah, movie they're theater not room. sitting down. They're just kind of yeah, like they're just all piling on top of each other. But um, That was actually, uh, the, the movie was filmed in willow grove and uh yes. and i were talking like half an hour away from here uh it was uh, that theme park was torn down like two years after the movie was made oh was it yeah because i went to go visit it, yeah it, it was on its its way out at that point which, which is perfect because the way the whole you know dilapidated right look the, the, it, the reason why it looks it. that way is because the upkeep was was dwindling but yeah that it's about like 15 minutes from from my house and now as everybody who lives in the area would know, is now the Willow Grove Mall, which is a completely pointless oh. mall. Wow, that's what well, that's what we really needed. We didn't need who used to play the, at the. I remember watching the special features that there was like a great. Um, was it Stuza who used to perform there all the time? The guy who wrote once the. I don't. Hang on, give me a second. <laughs> It's, it's like the classic like outside carnival people watching a classic band play. It's like the Stars and Stripes song. 
but not that. I wish I looked it up right before we started recording. Anyway, yeah, he's a famous whatever. We'll get that info to you when we post this episode. Yeah. That's going to be edited out. Yeah, I hope so. Probably not. Well, I mean, it was uh, a classic musician of, you know, American culture, and now it's a fucking mall, which, you know, I guess... Is, is, is a testament to, that, to our nation. That mall will forever be a little bit of a landmark to me because it was at that mall that I bought a Death's Leprosy album. Oh, okay. But, well, then, all right, now it justifies the existence right there. But it, it's just one of those places now. Like, you know how, like, a lot of malls have taken all of the fun things that malls used to have and removed them? Yeah. Like, it's some sort of conspiracy that we can't have arcades or music stores. Okay, or I thought it was just stores. my local mall that doesn't No, it's every have an fucking mall that exists now. But, yeah, it's one of those, so now it's completely Well, I, I understand useless. why nobody sells CDs or movies anymore. Everybody just, you know downloads them on the internet but an arcade i figure like my dad used to dump me in the arcade and give me a five and like <laughs> well now he can just leave you at home and you just play video games at home yeah so. that's the thing but like when when you're like eight and your dad gives you a five dollar bill right. and it goes in the arcade that's like holy shit yeah i used to play the aliens <laughs> side scroller game all the time Another interesting thing about that mall is Joe was saying that, yeah, you know how, like, in the beginning of the movie, uh, there was that tunnel of love? Yes, the, uh, yes. That that tunnel actually might still exist in some way. Yeah, on if you're driving on Welsh Road, I know there's a spot where there there's this body of the small body of water, like kind of a big pond. Oh. And I think there's a tunnel of some sort. Now, I could be completely wrong because i haven't driven there yet to actually look at it but i think that might actually be that's interesting used to have yeah. been part of that but i i'm sure we could go there and discover some like yes. homeless colony or something yeah maybe <laughs> wait so what are the ghoul people are they just crazy cannibals or are they well they're ca- they kind of look like like early zombies yeah yeah that's why they look like children shouldn't play with that thing right but they're, they're it's like not. a ghoul they, zombie cross but they yeah. don't they don't they only come out at night who and, and like where are the all the um the people who go to this carnival all you see are the people that work there right yeah i, I guess extras were expensive or something well yeah. i i was kind of maybe again i i there's some things that i'm a little hazy on with, with this movie but i kind of got the impression from the opening that um it's it's part of like the that the, the fact that the place is sort of dying is is a plot point to the movie itself and that's why there's not really anybody okay. there and that those people that show up in the beginning yeah. aren't they sort of like don't they kind of allude to them having designs on on the area i thought but the the people that get killed in the tunnel of love work there that family they were like a family who were okay which which is makes me wonder why didn't they just know it's all these crazy cannibal people yeah working there the the guy the people the two kids that get off in the roller coaster i think were the customers yeah yeah i know they they were customers but i thought that the that the that the people that were there at the beginning, I thought like they were getting shown the the grounds. You mean the main characters? 
They, they were, but they're undercover looking for their son who disappeared there. No wonder the fucking place doesn't make any money. They murder everybody that goes there. <laughs> like, you know, you in, can't, in you can't some, get strong Yelp reviews when, you know, you behead everybody that gets on the roller coaster. In, in this weird uh, place where there's like, like, what the hell is that thing that's like the wall of whatever that is? Like, when the guy walks back in there and he's looking for the people. He's kind of like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and then, yeah, I think that's the whole movies. People wandering around and then they just go, you know, into some fun house. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. You know, if, they, if the guy just kicked all the cannibals out and let people walk through their part of the theme park, mm-hmm. the, the place would be booming. Yeah. <laughs> like, or would have thought that or, the cannibals were the problem. I, yeah. Or if, if, <laughs> 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 maybe he, they should just have the cannibals moved maybe they could get, get uh some living space with the uh with the raw meat subway yeah, I mean, guys they, they seem yeah, to enjoy those maybe. movies they just all pile up on top of each other oh yeah yeah they well, one thing i will in the beginning of this movie when the customers come on and go on the roller coaster and the one guy gets his head severed I rewound it a couple times because I didn't know how that happened. He was just riding on the roller coaster, and then his head was gone. And I just didn't know, did someone chop his head off, or was the roller coaster that had, like, a nice bar right there that just took it off? I was wondering if they did the um, the she-devils on wheels, the... uh when they put the wire on the guy yeah. with the motorcycle, right? Yeah. hasn't hacks its head off. I know it's just a minor detail, but I was just kind of. Well, yeah, they, well, they show I, the one guy. Getting, I was like, kind of fuzzy on that too. I didn't know if it was a murder or just due to lack of maintenance. Yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> you know, looking at that place, I, I would be more afraid of that roller coaster. Than they the leave it animals. open to interpretation, and then no one seems to much care that it happened, except for his friend, and then. Yeah. yeah, no one seems to be all that interested in helping. <laughs> well, one thing, the correct, them, correct me if I'm wrong, the ghouls really only eat people that kind of already are dying or on their way out, right? Yeah, they I don't really so. kill anyone, or do I'm, they? I didn't recall. It seemed like a, a lot of people who were getting eaten were... Seems like a free-for-all yeah. near the end. That's true, yeah. I was thinking about the ending. It's, when, it, yeah. Since we... we, we had a break in between recording. Mm. Like, I watched this one, and then we didn't, like... It's been, like, two weeks, so it's already right. kind of, like, hazy. But, like, I enjoyed it, and, yeah, the plot details are very right. hazy, like Joe said, but the ambiance of the mm. movie stays with me. It's like Messiah of Evil, where I love the way the movie feels more than the way well, it reads. Well, when when I was I was watching the, the, the special feature with the writer, and, you know, I should probably make notes of people's names so that, you know, things can be properly attributed <laughs> yeah. to them. He he was saying that the script that he wrote was much. Uh, he he said it was much tighter okay. than than what the movie is. Um, more literal. Yeah, which he 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 said like not to say it was like the greatest script in in the world, but it it was it it was much more linear and more structured. And then what um, Spieth, the director, did was he turned it as he put it into like Fellini's satiricon yeah. kind of. Almost well, like he was he was having complaints um that he didn't get much time to make the movie, so he didn't get all the shots he wanted to have that like all that space in editing, and he just kind of had to you know 
they had like a big camera that so setups took a long time. They only had like twenty days or something like that. Yeah, he said that said that the camera guy was um he, he very said, slow. Yeah, he, he he said he he was very like he was great as far as like his his technical ability and everything, which I think shows yeah absolutely in in, in the movie. But just he was very very slow in. And yeah, his and he just couldn't when he edited the movie. Together. He just didn't have all that, you know. Or... Yeah, and even uh, the movie uh, or the Blu-ray version has a little intro if you if you choose to to watch it. With right, the they intro. give you the option of watching. I didn't. I didn't watch it, but it's Stephen Thrower, right? Right. And he wrote that book, Nightmare USA, which yes. is phenomenal. And in his little introduction, he just he kind of that was one of his things. He says it's kind of like a little disclaimer. It's like. This movie looks great and uh, and is a is a fun ride, uh, but there's like I mean it's a really weak narrative. Then there isn't a whole lot of plot. The thing is, like if you are down this low, like when you're watching horror movies and you make it, like if you crawl down the world of horror movies to get to Malatesta's Carnival of Blood, <laughs> you're already and I don't mean this in an assaulting way. You're already one of those people that like. If it has that flavor, you're already halfway in love with it. Even right, you understand that like there's going to be warts on movies like these. Right, you know? like if you if you are a a a, a devotee of children trying to play with dead things, yeah. you you already love Malatesta's Carnival of Blood, and you don't even know it yet. Yeah. Right. To, to be fair, the children should play with dead things is a lot tighter script wise. I mean, it, well, yeah, but I mean, it still ends up sort of culminating in almost the same yeah. way really this movie truly was kind of like uh it was like watching a nightmare for me like uh, oh yeah and where like sometimes you know your nightmare doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and, yes absolutely and i just felt it even though the the narrative is kind of weird and all over the place and it was just a little messy it kind of worked and yeah. uh i really did uh like it well, one thing i wanted to say was the title of the movie malatesta's carnival of blood which and is a great title. It is an awesome title, but what's weird is there's a Malatesta in the movie. Yeah, he and, runs the carnival. But then there's also Mr. Blood. He's like he's like his um you know how Dracula uses people? Right. Uh, that's what I thought Mr. Bloodfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, but yeah, it's uh but I just thought that was funny that I don't know, I didn't expect there to there to be two guys whose name is in like the title. Are we going to bring up the um uh, the man with the golden gun, Dorf? <laughs> yes, we are. What's his name? Because I can't remember. Uh, I should write it down. Hervé. Yes. And I forget it, his, his last Harvey. name. But he, uh... He's, he's the only one to have a career. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's <laughs> the only one that ends up with a career. I mean, there, there's movies. other actors, they say, that, you know, went on to other small stuff. But, I mean, he went on to be a James Bond villain and kind of and he was the love boat right uh fantasy island tattoo yes yeah his part was amazing in this it yeah just... i didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy for a little bit and then of course i have no idea where he came from he was just there he's just a part yeah, of he the just suddenly appeared he's just part of that you know candy colored delirium that this whole movie kind yes, of candy colored that's a very good way Good way to put it. There's like weird like color splashes yeah, it, that are all over the place. It's it's delicious. I uh, I actually. 
but uh, the uh, yeah, it was, it, fucking table wrapping. <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah, he just like lived in that underground world and just kind of would pop up every once in a while to talk you know, to people. In all honesty, though, I I do want to read the um the original script to this because I bet you you could make a cool more you know linear movie out of it. like the, the the plot itself. Um, a family. Their, their son goes missing, so they go and they, they find out he went to this carnival. They, they got him pinned down to that, and that's the last they've ever heard of him. So they pretend to get a, you know, be a carnival group so they get a job there, and they start investigating carnival and find weird, crazy shit. Like, that could work in a, in a tighter script that in a, in a creepy way, and you could still keep that psychedelic you know, unhinged quality of the movie. So I, I, I do want to read that original screenplay. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, it would be interesting to to see if it's if it's out there yeah, somewhere. Exactly. I mean, curious. the movie itself was lost for 30 Oh, yeah. Years. No, no, I'm not saying I'm going to find it and read it. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> no, it if, would hey, be cool. strange things pop up on eBay. That, that <laughs> is true. That is true. Yeah. Is, is there anything else we want to say about Malatas? But wait, so overall, everybody enjoyed it, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I watched it. I think I watched it like twice. So why do you guys give this one a pass and not Messiah of Evil? I guess maybe maybe it was the quality of the video too. Like it just like this this movie the, the film looked really well shot and uh yeah. and I really enjoyed that and I Yeah, it's it's better shot than oh, Messiah of so Evil for let me, starters. Let me let me give you all right. I I can understand the 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 link to Herschel Gordon Lewis, but I think this movie is much better than Herschel Gordon Lewis quality. I mean, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh yeah, I mean, his, his, his just mo- a camera sits there. Yes. Say, this movie definitely has like direction. Yes. And cinematography. Yes, to it. I I agree entirely. But, but the, yeah, I know what you mean. That Herschel kind of Gordon like, Lewis movies have have a certain charm the, to them. They though. both have that lo-fi, lack for a better word, carnival, you know, right. feel to them. But like, I'll I'll go with. Wizard of Gore will will be buried with me in, oh, yeah, in, in, yeah. in my coffin. Is is Wizard of Gore your favorite? It used to be Wizard of Gore and Gore Gore Girls for me, but I've ultimately decided, yeah, Wizard of Gore. In particular, yeah. I had a lot to do with that, too, <laughs> to be honest. But um, and Rigor Mortis, yes. But um, yeah. But like I said, Herschel Gordon Lewis, he he puts the camera there, and people just like act in front of it. As this movie had a little bit more. Pizzazz. Right. Yeah, it, it it actually has a lot of pizzazz. There's a lot of flair and a lot yeah. of like like excellent like like uh like shot design. It's and, just that dingy production value that kind of gives it this. Um, Herschel Gordon Lewis, Al Adamson is a favorite of mine. The man behind um, Dracula versus Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is a very Herschel Gordon Lewis esque piece of shit that I actually love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie had a lot of. Uh... I don't know. It just, yeah, it was shot well. Even it's like quirky little, just over the top weird things, uh, were passable and just kind of fit the whole movie. Like, there's that part where the two teenagers are having a, a conversation in the dark and, and I guess by the bumper cars and, uh, Mr. Blood just comes oh, yeah. rolling on by with a bumper <laughs> oh, car. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot all about just that. Just to kind of like creep him out. Not, not even that. <laughs> He he um he uh cock blocked the one guy. Oh yeah. He um the 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 our lead lady is flirting with the, the uh one of the boys that right, work right, there, right. and they're gonna go on this like kind of Hardy Boys mystery to find her brother. 
but Mr. Blood, for some reason, knows about her boyfriend who's going to come around in a few days to pick her up. So, like, as romance is about to be bloom with these two, Mr. Blood just rolls in in a bumper car and <laughs> drops up, you know, this girl's boyfriend. He's like, oh, yeah, your boyfriend's going to be here. Zooms away. <laughs> you know, this is like this, like some dickhead high school bully. But, I mean, if you if your job is to run a carnival that nobody shows up to, you yeah. know, fuck it, why, yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not just troll everyone there? <laughs> All right, so does Malatesta Carnival Blood gets three, uh, three thumbs up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was that was easy. Yes. I feel I feel like we already we went over everything good about it without uh, getting. Yeah, and I mean, how what's the runtime on that movie? Isn't it like sixty minutes or something? Yeah, like it's, that? I think it was like seventy one or something yeah. like yeah, that. It's, yeah. it's relatively short. It's in and out. Yeah. Which uh, w- w- I can which helps it a lot because I think if it was like ninety minutes, oh, okay. it, it oh, would just yeah. be too much. Yeah, no. that, I think movies that that are more ambiance than plot should keep it lean and trim. Yeah, so it's a quick watch and enjoyable. Certainly better than the original Haunting. That's you're <laughs> fucking deranged. <laughs> That's insane. I still can't believe. That's one thing. I'll speaking never of which, understand. deranged is is greater than the the haunting. You know, as not, a matter of fact, most movies that have been made are greater sure, than the haunting. I, I that is one thing that I'll never understand how you dislike that movie. That is like one of the most perfect horror movies ever made. Brilliantly shot, legitimately creepy, and nothing happens it's, ever. It's. That's not true. There's plenty that happens in it. It's but the only thing. Let's not first of all. Let's not talk about the range because we're going to talk about deranged for a minute. We're not yeah, well, about, uh, then go, we're not going. Don't go into in house. De- deranged. I I just I still don't understand how. Oh, yeah, insane. I can't understand how you hate that movie. But wait, have you seen the haunting yet? Yeah, well, I mean, we 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 saw it back in the day too. Okay, together, yeah, so, it's yeah. it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's. Better than the remake, I'll... Well, yeah. <laughs> That's... Wasn't that like Owen Wilson was in that or something? I know Catherine Zeta-Jones was, and was it Liam Neeson? I think. I'm Liam not Neeson's. sure. I know that Catherine Zeta-Jones was in there, because I realized, as a 13-year-old boy, seeing that oh, movie yeah. in the theater, that Catherine Zeta-Jones Wow, was... yeah, I didn't realize how many people were in that movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Ugh. I saw a lot of movies... That summer that that movie came out... Um, it was the same summer as Deep Blue Sea, which <laughs> um, uh, same summer as Sixth Sense, and same summer as uh, Blair Witch Project. Summer '99. Well, we and, know who won that yeah, one. Yeah, well, that's an easy, easy battle. But Deep Blue Sea, right? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but the thing is, I have actually the fondest theater-going experience of all of them. Um, was with Deep Blue Sea, to be honest. <laughs> um, my dad took me to see Deep Blue Sea. My dad's not a horror movie guy at all, but for some reason he likes shark movies. Like he'll he'll talk about the first two Jaws movies. Like he knows Jaws is the superior one, but like every time somebody brings up Jaws, he'll be like, Jaws two was a, an okay movie. <laughs> like oddly enough, like Yeah, we we may actually need to talk about Jaws two at some point because there's a lot there that I I I had I like I enjoyed Jaws two. I enjoy Every movie with Killer Shark, to be completely honest. But Jaws 2, as much of, you know, it's a piece of shit it is, it is a wonderful <laughs> slasher movie 
But instead of a deformed killer, it's a deformed killer shark. I don't know how anybody could have <laughs> fucking beef with that movie. Right. But um. anyway, so my dad takes me to see Deep Blue Sea. Theater is crowded. You know, it's opening night. Um, I'm 13, so I'm pumped to watch fucking killer shark movie. I might, you know, I've not acquired my, you know, taste in film yet. I'm not quite a cineast yet. As long as this movie's got fucking sharks eating people, we're cool. Anyway, there's a scene. I'm very hazy on this because I have not seen it since I was 13. But the the first shark attack, the guy's kind of standing there with a clipboard because the shark's like passed out and they're studying the shark. That's where he puts a cigarette out in the shark or something. I I don't think that happened. I think the guy's like writing clipboard. He's like a scientist, and the shark comes to life, like bursts out of whatever it is and tears the guy's arm off right. and blood spurting everywhere. And a girl about nine aisles. Uh, just ahead of ours, starts bawling her eyes out and runs. And I watch her run. I stop watching the movie. I watch her run. And as I tilt my head watching her, I see my dad. My dad looks at me and he just giggles. <laughs> and uh, that sounds like a fun experience. I think I watched that like bootleg. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a shitty movie, but if yeah. you see it in that kind, of, I like. Even a piece of shit movie, if I'm watching it with a large crowd that's loving it, if it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey or something, right. if it's like a dumb horror movie, like even, you know, whatever pop-up book, jump scare piece of shit ghost movie that put up out with, if I'm watching it with like a hundred kids that are like getting scared and jumping, mm. I'm I'm at least entertained by being in that environment. Actually, that's... Even if the movie's shitty. That's the only time where I would like Yeah, that. exactly. Um, I like the uh, idea of... But only in horror, though. Like, I mean, if it's comedy, oh, it's just like yeah, a drama. Then I just get like, depressed. It's just dumb. If, if I'm see... surrounded by people laughing at Adam Sandler, yeah. I'm just like, take me away. But like, yeah, shitty, start... shitty horror gets a pass when it's like full of a room yeah. full of people just like. I saw that lights out piece it. of shit, and like twelve and fourteen year old girls. You would think that you know they were awaiting their execution like they were ready to just die from this dumb fucking you know shit popping out of yeah. the screen frame left i have to do that more often like cuz now me i kind of see the draw yeah me and guess. josh do it all the time <laughs> oh man um all right so let's uh let's talk about don't go in the house joe why don't you uh why don't you start us off here in the uh time honored tradition of Psycho and other movies about guys with mother issues we have don't go in the house. And aside from his mother issues, he also has uh, pyromania slash immolation issues. I don't know if there's any other movie I've seen where that's a thing? I actually really like this shtick, too. I mean, bur being burned bothers me. Like, that's one way I don't want to go. And I know there, there, there's a movie, like an urban, you know, like crime, you know, vigilante movie. I think it's called The Exterminator. And I think yeah, that guy yeah. runs around with a flamethrower. Yeah, that, that actually has a... Um I I forget because I I've, I've seen The Exterminator and Exterminator 2 a long time ago but one of them opens up with a terrific Vietnam sequence that's ultra gory hmm. and obviously not filmed in Vietnam. Right. You know like when you watch uh what is it Combat Shock where they play the, like the Vietnam scenes and you're like 
That's clearly like New York. <laughs> but um, actually, the whole flamethrower thing—it is actually really cool watching the movie and seeing him. Uh, yeah, he's a serial killer. He kills people with fire, and well, um, it's uh, it sounds dumb though, and it kind of is. But with that first scene where he ca- catches the first girl, takes her back to his place, and, and locks her up in the. Well, yeah, yeah. But, Let's back up for one second. He doesn't just like walk around with a flamethrower. He has this. No, he built this room in his house that's right. like flame, fire resistant, so right. he can hang you there. And he walks in with this asbestos suit that's right. like already kind of creepy, and then he just flamethrowers that he ordered from somewhere. No, no, he um he Did picked he it up from work or something. No, he picked it up from he walks by this like uh army surplus store. Yeah, he's got right the there. box mm-hmm. at home. Well, they yeah. they give you a box. You're not supposed to just dress up in the asbestos suit and walk home. <laughs> Why not? So you're taking this right. out. You going home like this? Oh my god! But yeah, what just that- you want to wear it out? <laughs> Wait, exactly. <laughs> but when he yeah when that first. Uh, the first b- the burning. The, uh, yeah, the opening, or not the opening kill, but the, that first kill is when when he just like you know kicks the door open and he's in that suit and just has the flamethrower. That is genuinely terrifying. That, that whole sequence, I think, is scary. Like <laughs> he, you're you're kind of waiting for this girl to leave the house. He he picks her up on a truck because she misses her bus. And she doesn't want to hang around the hoodlums, so she gets in the, in the truck with this guy who seems he's slow and kind of innocent. So you, uh, it's but funny. You, but you still don't. Yeah, you don't want to be in a, in a house alone. You wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't expect the. Uh, you would expect this adult woman to know better not to go in the house. Right. But whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was more of a, afraid of being like raped or something, but yeah. not like you know. Yeah, she didn't see that alive. But that's whole opening that or not opening sequence, but that first murder sequence is. Oh yeah, was, but to yeah. to be fair, the, um, I like that he doesn't like toy with her either. Oh, no, like he literally toy. just busts in the door yeah. and goes okay. right to town. Yep. <laughs> if to, to back up a little bit though, um, yeah, he has mommy issues. He lives with his mother. Uh, when he comes home from work after seeing some dude, uh, bur- he he has fire issues and he works in an incinerator place. Yeah, but he he definitely killed or burnt that guy. That was like his doing, right? No. He, no, that was an accident. I thought he threw that cannon there or something like no. he was, that was his first real killing or like no, he's just, just lucking or just happened to watch that dude burn and then it just yeah got his pants tight. That and killing that and find his mom dead. Well, his mom's a very oppressive, mean lady who, as a child, when he was bad, would burn his arms over the stove, to burn That's, the evil out of him. Yes. And uh, then he comes home, and his mom's dead. And at Gein style, he just leaves her there. He doesn't, you know. Well, he burns her too, right? That like, comes later. Yeah, a little bit later. But um, and you know, and then for some reason, these voices come and tell him to burn people. And he builds the flame resistant room. Um, but I, uh, I think we brought this up last recording we did, where this movie kind of sits with Maniac and Nightmare in a Damaged Brain, where it's sort of that like. You're with the killer the whole movie. And this movie is I, I I like Nightmare on a Damaged Brain better, but this movie I think is more effective in that. Like you it it has such like a lonely feel to it that you really get into this guy's head. And one of the things that really stands out is every time he goes into his house, 
you know, that, you know, he lives with his dead mom. The house is very oppressive. It's shot with these weird Dutch angles and crazy, you know, um, cinematography everywhere. And it gives it this like very oppressive. It's kind of lonely too. Yeah. But, but it's definitely has this like mad house kind of yeah. feel to it. And when he starts torching more women and he, he leaves their bodies in a room. You know, like he, so they all sit around in together. chairs. Yeah, and, and he Clothes. puts outfits. Yeah, he puts mm-hmm. outfits on them. Very, which is like going back to deranged uh, quality from that movie. It, it's almost like I wish there was more to him and his house going crazy. His his dead mom starts popping out of nowhere. You know, it really starts fucking with them, and I kind of wish that the movie just didn't get into like redundancy and add the other characters or him going out. And I kind of wish it was like a cat and mouse movie with him and maybe one of his prey that gets loose and he has to hunt through her in this madhouse that's like driving him even crazier than he really is. And she's kind of going through this, you know, acts of the unspeakable level of like each room is filled with another horror worse than the last. You know, there was a movie that came out uh, last summer that wasn't that great, but had a great premise called um, Don't Breathe. Oh, right. It was a lady, uh, these ladies trying to rob this blind guy, but the blind guy obviously has something nasty in the house. And he's, uh, you know, he's a ex, uh, Marine guy. He's really tough and they're locked in the house. And they have to find a way to escape with this blind, crazy guy. And I was kind of hoping this movie would have that yeah, with sort a gun. of thing. <laughs> yes. But this guy would have a torch. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, this was the first time before we watched this, um, before we did this podcast. This is the first time I've seen this movie in like 14 years, I want to say, for me. And uh, I, I liked it then. I equally like it now, but it's still something where I wish there was yeah, the, another dimension to it. Yeah, the subplot things are kind of unnecessary, yeah. and you wish that they weren't there. We can kind of say the ending uh, has a weird dimension to it, but. Uh, yeah, um, they just kind of show up. I mean, they come time. to life, yeah. Like his, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that. Um, well, I mean, I think that's just his 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 delirium. You think so? I don't think they're they're really zombies. Well, I, I this I, well th- this actually brings up a point that I was going to make that I think Maniac maybe owes a debt to this movie and specifically that scene because. That's something that happens There's a, in Maniac, where the victims' bodies suddenly come to life and turn on, you know, the killer of the story. There's another movie from the '60s that Maniac um, uh, cribs a lot of material from. I, I'm guessing here, but I think it's called The Sex Killer. It might be something else, but it's a guy um, that you know has that serial killer plus mannequins. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I, I I didn't watch it yet, but somebody actually told me about it. He's like, yeah, it's a movie that Maniac is like. It, it's sort of like this movie is Maniac's Yo Jimbo. You know, right. it, it, it it Maniac kind of like just did that, but with more gore. But does it have the? I don't know if the, it has the ending. I'm gonna watch it. I actually, you know, if I watch it and it's any good, we'll we'll make an episode so we can we can okay. be a culter than thou. We know the movie that Maniac Sweet. steals from, and we can be cooler than. Some of the other I love being that guy. I do too. I I, <laughs> I, hate, I hate to admit it, but sometimes 
you know, when you just got that smarmy douchebag, you just have that piece of trivia, trivia that's just like, oh yeah, well you don't know this <laughs> piece of shit, you know. Um, <laughs> where was I going? Anyway, um, did you ever watch all the bonus features on that uh, Maniac Blu-ray? No, I could not watch ten hours of Maniac. I just uh um, how could you not watch ten hours? It was ten hours Maniac. Special features. To, to be fair, I think because there's multiple commentaries, they added like an hour and a half, like three times. Okay. They should have had someone do a commentary as Joe Spinell. That would be, or or as as uh, Frank Zito, the car- that who John Joe Spinell plays. No, I would. I just, would, just, I, I, I just want somebody to just be Joe Spinell. Um, I'd rather w- listen to Joe Spinell than Frank Zito. Yeah, I wouldn't want to listen to Frank Zito at all. Um, but uh, this movie, like as uh, as I said before, has the characteristics of Maniac and Nightmare on Damage Brain, where we fo- follow this kind of like lone psycho person. But for some reason, this movie probably because it takes place in winter, so it has that like lonely winter night feel. You know, that's actually a good point. I n- I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. But the w- the winter aspect, I think, kind of plays into the feeling of the movie. That dormant loneliness, and 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 it, it's definitely a good uh, 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 juxtaposed with the fact that the movie's about flames and burning. Right, too, and so it, it's, it's like uh, I was gonna say, Black Christmas has has that same thing, like the winter vibe. Yeah, but, plays into the movie. But Black Christmas has the the um, background of Christmas to kind of cheer it up, while this looks like January or yeah, February. Right. Winter is just fucking gloomy and dark and yeah. sad, and shot in New Jersey, which is just already fucking sad <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, and it revolves around this the the. The guy, uh, the main character, who's just kind of disturbing yeah. already, and just he's an unpleasant person. Or the cut of the movie I watched was eighty-two minutes. Is that the same for you guys? I can't even remember. I wait. Here, talk amongst yourselves. I'll let you know in a minute. My it was eighty-two minutes, and I, I, which is good because I don't think I could have hung around that guy even yeah. longer. But there is an extended cut. And I think they made it for TV, which I don't understand what fucking channel would be playing Don't Go in the House or Naked Women Get Torched to Death. Right. Um, but apparently that longer cut, you that doesn't make you feel pity for the killer, even though it just you understand them a little bit more. Like you maybe I don't want to say pity, but yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. make them look innocent. But at the same time, you, you do feel terrible for him in a in a, in a certain yeah, it is aspect. pity in a way. It's like he he's kind of a pitiful person. Yeah, yeah. And, um, okay the the uncut version is ninety two minutes, okay. which I think is what I watched, I watched. the eighty two minute one, which uh, thankfully because I couldn't watch ten more minutes of him <laughs> running around that house. Yeah. Um. Did you know that this movie was actually going to be called The Burning, or that's what they? Yeah, that was to call one it? of the, one of the original titles for it. Which, what would you take this or uh, the slasher film The Burning? Oh, I would definitely opt for The Burning in a heartbeat. Really? Yeah. Which and is not to say that I don't enjoy Don't Go in the House, but the, I would take The Burning every time. Depending, depending on my mood, because The Burning is a very uh, fun. You're movie. insane. That's crazy. Like that I'm, shouldn't even be a question. Give, give me, give me a second. 
the burning, yeah, because it's a more fun movie. And so, like, one of those movies where, like, you know, you have people who like slasher movies, and that one was kind of, like, under the radar for a lot of people. It got, like, you know, eclipsed by Friday the 13th and such. And, you know, you show them to it. It's a lot of fun, especially that raft scene. Even though it's superior and I'll fight anyone that tries to tell me otherwise. But Don't Go in the House is for those weird sicko types. I mean, like, I can understand. Yeah, it's for the people that like Maniac. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, And New York Ripper. The very very first time I've ever heard about Don't Go in the House, it was in Michael Weldon's The Psychotronic Encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. And the he didn't write much about it. But he said, for, you know, the real sickos only, you know, people who enjoy Maniac, this is the movie for. So I can understand that, you know, that type of guy, the guy who uh, likes, you know, that more uncomfortable, uneasy horror as opposed to that, like, fun party time horror. And, like, I can respect that guy. Like, I, uh, you know, I wish I knew more like that. Uh, you know, just that guy who I think for uncomfortable, nasty horror movies, Henry Portrait of Serial Killer is king. Oh, I'm, for sure. Yeah. I, that's the only one that uh, because it, it, I've seen that movie a handful of times and I like squirm it, every time. It, it has a, a level of realism that none of these movies have have touched. I mean, I, I like my favorite of these type of movies probably is Nightmare and a Damaged Brain. We're not counting New York Ripper because that's a whodunit. Like, I'm talking about the it's ones where you're... It's also kind of obviously, like, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's, a, it's a fucking jello crazed... But this, but I'm talking about the ones where you're in the you're sitting in the front seat with that serial killer. Like the uh, to bring Jim Van Beber up again, the the Manson family. Oh, like when, yeah. when we get to the the Tate LaBianca murder scenes, like that's like right up there. That that true. Um, and and that, and that's a that's a that's definitely a strong contender. But I think that Henry's unflinching, cold gaze, yeah, at its death scenes makes it. Like that hits a nerve that the 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 the, the murder scenes in in the Manson family are like very grandiose. They're they're grandiose, but they're also oh, they're effective. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, they're also researched for accuracy. Yeah. Like everything that you see is apparently as accurate to. What the, the murder, like, like the, like, each stab wound was like recent. There's, there, there's, there's still like an operatic feel to it while Henry just has this almost documentary, like, just uncaring feel the whole movie. And when, when I watch Henry Portrait of Sierra, like, there's other murderer movies where I watch and I'm just watching a movie. Henry's the only one. That it feels like the movie's kind of like tugging my shirt from behind and whispering in my ear, there's really people out there driving around right now that are like this, you know? Like yeah, it's I mean, the only all one around that the country, reality. there's people just like me. Yeah. <laughs> we set out to destroy human life. But, um, the, uh, and, and that's why the movie's so effective to me. That's why I think, like, that movie bothers me more than, you know, even when you watch, like, Cannibal Holocaust or something. I can, like, separate Cannibal Holocaust. It's, like, pulpy in the jungle torture film. Henry is the closest where when I see a news report about this sort of thing, 
that's kind of like my bridge to that scenario. Right. Andrew, it looks like you're about to say something. I wanted to read something. Um, when I was looking around just for bits of information on uh, Don't Go in the House, uh, I came across this review. It's four sentence, sentences long. But, oh, okay. Um, okay. It's we're, from we're... TV Guide. So, um, <laughs> okay. This is, just, all right. All right. Uh, and I just think it's funny that this is the TV Guide review of this movie. <laughs> yeah. The, it says, uh, when his abusive mother dies, Donnie, a deranged incinerator operator, roasts her in his private crematorium, then dresses up her crispy corpse and moves it around the house. To keep mom company, he cruises he cruises discos, picking up nubile victims who all end up similar, similarly well done. In the baffling finale of this worthless, repugnant film, <laughs> there we go. Donnie's victims all come to life and kill him. As in the case with the vast majority of don't movies, don't bother. <laughs> I just thought that was... This is a- <laughs> It was funny because we didn't know the uh, the person's opinion until that the, until he really lays it on in that one sentence there. Uh, what's what's really cool? Um, I got two little tidbits. I, That's that why I critics are not to be trusted. <laughs> um, the man who directed this, uh, he was a musician and he was touring, but he was um, he flirted with the idea of being an actor, and he uh, Romero really liked him for the part of one of the leads in the crazies mm. but he was on tour at the time and he couldn't do it this is the director not the main character right and the other thing that's really cool um the charred corpses when they come to life because the whole movie you think they're they're mannequins but really they're they're actresses right and what they did was they got the very thin ballerinas to play the part because they didn't want no, they and have to look like skeletons. They have to look very skeletal. And when you get burned, you lose all your fluid and you get really thin. And if you build, you know, a re- you take your regular actor and you add prosthetics, they get bigger. Right. So they just took even, they got, you know, the girls in the movies and then they got these tiny ballerina type people to play them. And then that's it. Yeah. And that was just my cool bit of. <laughs> no, that's really interesting. I think that's yeah, it. It's smart. Creative. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I was reading the interview with the director and, uh, the movie came out around the same time as Friday the 13th in one area and he went to the multiplex to, s- to see how it was doing and he peeked his head into Friday the 13th and all all the people were in there and they were like screaming and like hugging each other and stuff and he walked around and he peeked his head into Don't Go in the House and everybody just watched it in cold <laughs> <empty silence. laughs> which to be fair is is the appropriate way to watch this movie is not like a fun horror yeah movie. you don't want popcorn when yeah, you're watching Don't one, Go in the right. House it's a very grungy th- that's why I like it it's even when he comes home to find his mom dead and uh, just the, the character's reaction to his mom dying like you can just like clearly this person is yeah. just like deranged and it's just it's yeah it's yeah he's he definitely he's definitely got an ed gein like mind of a child type mm-hmm. um yeah but throughout the whole movie i can see an, an entire audience just kind of yeah 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 your lead character is uh apparently the whole movie's dubbed too I, I i read that oh really yeah they they filmed it on this camera that is was so loud uh, uh the director said it sounded like coffee grinder <laughs> so they just had to dub the whole movie and when it when a uh in, in post. Wow. Yeah. Well, they did a good job because yeah, it's I not very obvious. I didn't notice it. No, not at all. But, you know, it's funny. These two movies, um, I think it's it's interesting that we watch them kind of together. Like, it's they make for a good uh, double feature, I think. Yeah. Um, just because of 
the just the differences they both have like one lacking in narrative and being really all cool with the cinematography and just looking very trippy where you know don't go in the house t- to me was very like very, like stupidly simple just really a straightforward movie and it just has clear direction but it's just there's n- nothing crazy about it you know well that's the thing i think they when when they were shooting in the house, when when they when they're really trying to get his madness, and they 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 go nuts, they just don't go crazy enough to really give the movie it uh, its own kind of ambiance, right? You know? Like now, it's forever going to be linked to Maniac because it just has this cold, brutal kind of torture film. When if I think if they were a little bit more flamboyant, it could have been a bit more crazy. I, and like like I said, I I think like a whole if they took that concept and they added like a cat and mouse element to it, it would have been a lot more neat. But overall, I like I, it. I like the way it feels. Uh, it, it it's real. It's it's a nasty one. Yeah. This movie apparently, um, I'm not sure, but it, it didn't make the video nasties. It got like released on video before, like that happened for some reason i remember reading that like the uk has as a release of of don't it, go in the house it, it probably just got in under the wire because it, that, that was a right about the time right well, well that's another thing this movie is 79 and the big slasher movie boom was like 80 81 Mm. So it's but kind then, of a proto slasher. Yeah, but at the same time, is it really a slasher movie? There's not even a knife in the fucking movie. I, I would consider. Well, it's still it, a well, slasher movie. He uses it's just, a flamethrower. Right. Yeah, he just but, uses a flamethrower. But he doesn't really even stalk anybody. He kind of just yeah, picks them up and lures them, gets them in their house. It's like, premeditated. Like, I mean. I know. The, it just. It, I. I, I know I'm splitting hairs here, but I. Yes, you're splitting hairs. <laughs> I, I, I really. When I, when I think of the stalk and slash, I think of somebody going out of their way after somebody. And, and like, yeah, I. But he, he like he definitely had the intention of luring these girls to his house to burn, and that for me is is like maybe is t- certainly a slasher. It's not like your typical slasher yeah. movie at all, but it definitely is. I mean, it could be like like if you went to a slasher movie fest mm-hmm. and there was like six movies and this was one of them, it would be the odd man out clearly. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it's it's a seventies movie. Yeah. It's it's right before the big slasher boom, so. It's uh, but I mean, I I consider it a slasher movie. I was reading Harlan Ellison's ranting against slasher movies, where he like took, he had a, he had he had articles in L.A. Weekly, and um, he was wrote for one, um, I can't remember, but like you have a com, there's a there's a book called Harlan Ellison's Watching, mm-hmm. and has a few of those articles, and there's another one called An Edge in My Voice that has a few of these articles where he just really fucking hated these movies and thought they were like the the main one of the main reasons why society was going to hell was <laughs> the fact that and like the thing is like I love Harlan Ellison I read tons of stuff he's a very brilliant insightful guy but like he really thinks that children are going to become deranged maniacs because they watched a barely competent z-grade slasher movie is kind of like uh, you know it's reaching yeah it's reaching if you go to a prison um i doubt you there's so many there's too many people who saw it don't go in the house like i'm i'm yeah very, yeah, I'm, yeah it's, it's kind of a condescending thing to think you know yeah like, oh like yeah humanity yeah you'll just kind of go yeah like we're all uh, that's the other thing, like that that I always had a problem with. Like, like we're all these like plebeian, crazy 
moron just waiting for that like one gun ad or one violent video game that's just gonna set us off you know right. we don't have any self-control and we need you know to right be which watched. is which is absolutely ridiculous because i mean uh, people that that you've met in life over the years anyone that you meet who's who's a who's a horror specifically a slasher movie enthusiast how many of those people do you feel threatened by? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. None. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like, I know so many horror movie nerds that even... I, I feel more afraid going to a football event with tons <laughs> of drunks yes. and wearing a shirt of the, of the, not, opposing, of, of team. the opposing team. Right. I would feel much more... Uh, afraid of that than walking around the horror movie convention. I, I have, I'll, I'll take that to my grave. Right. Yes. I'll be afraid of going to, you know, being a black guy walking past a bunch of people getting out of church in the deep south than I would be a bunch of people walking out of, you know, some fucking brain dead Friday the 13th knockoff. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, which I still have to decide what weird movies we're going to watch, but I think we're going to pick something a bit more upbeat after Don't Go in the House. It's like, you know, let's watch something a bit more fun. So, until stop next time, it, please, enjoy whatever it is you enjoy. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is. Stop it. 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 Stop it.